Welcome to Tormenting Tarmac. On this podcast, we aim to take you on a journey of storytelling, getting to know enthusiasts from different communities and with different automotive backgrounds. It's about fellowship, showing the automotive world it doesn't matter what you love about cars and driving, what matters is that you love cars and driving. We also want to have conversations with you, the listener, about what your automotive passions are. What are the things about the automotive space that bring you the most joy? Talk about your love and our love for all motorsports and continue to learn things from all the different sections of it. We want everyone to be able to learn from one another. And this is a podcast for every level of driver and every level of enthusiast. So on behalf of my co-host, Ron Morris, my name is Jorge Aquino, and we welcome you to Tormenting Tarmac, where the enthusiast never dies. I'm, I'm driving, obviously, but it, that's that's absolutely the essence. If you want to get me going, dude, go for it. If go you want to get me really going, <laughs> we're, we're, we're already live. So what's going on, everybody? Yeah, it's all good. No, no, but this is the perfect setting, so people can realize that, like how we're doing it tonight. We're real chill this evening. It's Jorge Aquino coming live, at, coming live to you live and direct from the Dale tonight. Welcome to Tormenting Tarmac. It's the podcast where the enthusiast never dies. Um, I'm over here, you know, I just got off of work a, like, I don't know, like an hour ago, and I'm just trying to enjoy life, and I'm, and I, the point of Tormenting Tarmac, guys, has been, you know, to appreciate car culture wherever it is that you are, and just try and love it, you know, it, it, it's grown so much over the past 50, 60, 70 years, and we're entering into this brand new phase of it, and just... You know, it's, it's a terrific time to be a car enthusiast, to be completely honest with you. And one of the things that I've been really keen on doing is talking to more and more enthusiasts, not just in Detroit with Ron, but here in particular in the Phoenix area as well. And tonight, I'm hanging out with Charles Cerrito. What's going on? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me. I'm over here at uh, Function Factory Performance in Scottsdale. Um, Charles as was gracious enough to go ahead and say yes to having me come over and do a podcast with him at his shop, which is absolutely bitching. Yeah, it's a really, really cool setup. And we're just here. You know, he's got a, he's got the whiskey chilling. Uh, I can't do anything tonight because I'm driving, but I got my waters. And we're just going to have a great, grand old time. Um, but, you know, Charles, thank you, first of all, for being on with me, man. I really do appreciate it. And uh, for those of you uh, who are listening from the Scottsdale, Phoenix area, who are like into that like super sports car, super car uh, scene, if you will, you probably know who Charles is. But if you don't, Charles, let the know, let the people know what what is, who who you are and what is FFP. Man, he has just opened up a can of worms. <laughs> uh, we've been hitting it off for about an hour already. Yeah, and we were just we were just talking about. Hey, you know what? You want me to open up? I'll grab some Centauri whiskey here. There you go. And I'll start yelling in this mic. Cheers, like, oh. brother. Cheers. Cheers. To a water. <laughs> yeah, of course. To a water over here. No, you know, I've been uh, in the automotive scene for now. Uh, in the business, you could say, when did I start? I probably picked up a camera. So, guys, 
man, there's a lot of stories here, so you got to stay with me. I started in photography. Okay. So auto, so a little, mostly automotive photography to kind of feed the fuel to stay in cars, right? So I'm from a podunk town called Payette, Idaho. If you guys don't know what Payette, Idaho is, it's about 60 miles west of Boise. Okay. Population about six, 7,000. And, uh, you know, we didn't have much money on it, right? So we bought project cars with like 200, 300, 400 bucks. So to give you an idea, you know, 66 Turbo or an Escort and do a motor swap in it. Yeah. And, you know, my first car was a Suzuki Swift. Nice. Yeah. And I'll never forget, me and my mom lived on this road called Washoe. Okay. And uh, this one time, I, my mom's crazy, by the way, you guys, in the good and bad way. But we, my mom, we, we lived on this road that had a hill. It just, it just had this small hump in it. But the hump was big enough to catch air. And I'll never forget, my mom one day was like, you know what? Let's just do this. And she floored this Suzuki Swift, all 67 horsepower of it. <laughs> and we got the back end. I swear, a solid 15 feet in the air. Oh, that's terrific. The whole, the bumper's like this, you know. You think of the movies where the car's going to jump up, like, perfectly. Nope, the front end didn't do anything, but the back end, she kept it under control. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm dying. And then she gave me that car. The uh, the people that are listening to Tormans and Tarmac who have been listening now, I think this is going to end up being episode number four. 15, if I'm not mistaken. If I got my numbers right, I apologize if I don't. But I've told the, the story before. I got brought home in a Suzuki Samurai. Okay. Yeah, late 80s. My mom <laughs> and dad brought me home in a Suzuki Samurai, which to this day, um, I still adore and I want one so bad. I, I will absolutely have that in my personal garage one day. But it is cool to go ahead and hear Suzuki talk every once in a while. I've, it's not very often you go ahead and hear from an enthusiast, uh, unless you're talking about, of course, a Hayabusa. If you're into if you're into bikes, which I know some of the people that listen to uh, this podcast are, including myself, my wife told me I'm not allowed to own a motorcycle. I'm still trying to change her mind on that, but she did tell me. I said this on last episode. I can learn how to ride one, so I'm like in this like weird time in my life where I can do something but not own it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's really kind of annoying, but it is what it is. I love they're my dangerous. life. If they're dangerous, they are, and we live in a city where you know. We got some fast drivers, and so you got to go ahead and be careful. We got some fast freeways and whatnot, but you know, you you talked about how you grew up a six two six turbo. You had a Suzuki Swift, and now here you are. You know, you're you're a young man. You're a business owner um, with this really kick ass shop. When we're in the shop, you probably heard like the hissing going off. The doors are closed. Um, we've got. Are we allowed to mention what's uh, what's back there? I know you posted. No, it, of course, but, yeah. yeah. So we got um, a white F12 back there. We've got a 720 back. We got some heavy hitters. Um, we've got your drift car, which is your your, your practice 240, which you mm-hmm. own uh, with Nyla. Shout out to Nyla. Um, I actually, uh, hopefully, at some point, we can get Nyla on the podcast too because I want to talk about pink performance, which I know she's kicking ass with that. And we can even give a plug for that right now. Speaking of plugs, let me go ahead and make sure I I always. I'll just forget, Charles. Let me go ahead and do this real quick. Uh, you are listening to Tormenting Tarmac. We are on Instagram at Tormenting Tarmac. You can go ahead and find myself at the one and only JMan19 on Instagram, and you can also find Ron at hounds.and.horsepower on Instagram. And then let's go ahead and plug all your stuff. You know, first of all, you can go ahead and find Charles on Instagram as well. It's at Charles Cerrito, right? Yep, got my personal at Charles Cerrito, our main page at uh, FF Performance AZ. Mm-hmm. Uh, our labor shop is FF Racing. Mm-hmm. Easy. 
And then I own a ton of other uh, e-com companies. I mean, just to name a few. Yeah. We've got German Muscle, so at German Muscle AZ, uh, at Peak Performance AZ, at Body Kit World uh, AZ, uh, at VHR Performance, and then at Drift Laboratories. That's awesome. That's, I mean... To have all that under the umbrella of what is FF performance, like that's pretty awesome. Explain to you know somebody comes in here, they want to go ahead and get their car done, they want to get their car work done. What exactly does FF performance offer to them? Because I know that you guys, you guys sell parts, but you guys also install them, right? Yeah, I want to rewind a bit. Let's okay, go back all the way back. back to Payette and the '626 stuff, and you know because it kind of it kind of opens up. Uh, the floor to where how we got here. So I'll sum it up within three minutes here. But basically, yeah, 66 turbo stuff, escorts, you know, BP swaps. My first car was a Suzuki, and then I got uh, Mazda MX3. I ended up swapping that to a BP18, and then I got my car that really made me really fall in love with cars. You know, I loved cars since I was five. Mm-hmm. NASCAR was my big thing. Awesome. And then I got you know, Idaho. Let's get your driver from at 14. So we, we got an early start. Shout out to Idaho. Right? And then I worked a job uh, doing uh, ditch riding. So if you guys don't know what ditch riding is, I basically was a flamethrower. We'd set ditches on fire and then we'd cover it with dirt so that we could get rid of the, the, um, the old weeds. Okay. Uh, I saved up some money. I bought an Isuzu iMark Turbo RS okay. that I still have that recently just came back here to Arizona that we're restoring. Uh, that was my first boosted car. And basically the car that I learned most of uh, forced induction on. Uh, basically to, to kind of fast forward all of that, how we got here, uh, I jumped into photography when I was in, in high school. So I had the Zuzu, I started, I had a camera, and I started shooting for newspapers. Mm-hmm. And then um, next thing you know, I mean, I moved out here for UTI. So okay. I got to stop hiding this, guys. I did go to UTI. <laughs> I have a friend of mine who went to UTI as well. They did. <laughs> you know, I did go to I did go to Universal Technical Institute. You guys don't know what that is, a trade school. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Nick Cage donated a Ford GT to that yes, UTI, right? Did. Yeah. Is it That's, still there? When I left it was there, but I was it was I was twenty ten when I left. Okay. So I did not graduate. Okay. Uh, I actually saved myself a few bucks, but I, I jumped straight into auto photography. And wedding photography. I met oh. a really cool friend. His name is Mike Mays through a guy named Dax Rodriguez. And then we shot cars, we shot magazines, and he went his own way. He ended up shooting for uh, Gooding and Co. And then I went off my own thing, kept shooting, started doing weddings, doing a lot of workshops. And uh, I had this wild idea I wanted to sell car parts. And then fast forward later, between that and uh, working for a private equity company, learning all these marketing skills and traveling the world with uh, Porsche, we're here now. <laughs> That's wedding photography. That's not the first time that I've heard wedding photography and automotive photography right. on this podcast, uh, which is actually amazing um, to me. But sometimes the hustle requires a lot of different stuff, um, especially to go after your dream and to see like, so this would have been, you said 2010 is when you went to UTI. Oh, so, 9 to 10, yeah. Yeah. So, and then you were doing the automotive photography and, and, and wedding photography somewhere in the middle there. Mm-hmm. And now, how long have you had FFP open? Because that's, it's been what, like two and a half, three years maybe? So, officially, uh, brick and mortar has been two years and one month. Uh, I went full time in this about two years and seven months ago. Okay. After, uh, and I had uh, previously quit 
GMG Racing and uh, SRO uh, media for this. GMG. Hold on. GM, the only place that I can think of that is GMG Racing is only one other thing, unless I'm, I'm going crazy. Is that Gas Monkey or not? No. Oh, GMG okay. Racing is a uh, Porsche Audi uh, customer service place where they bring in, uh, they manage drivers. Oh, okay. They manage cars, they manage drivers. And then we shot, I had a big media team that would handle uh, their media for their drivers. So it kind of kept me in that space, you know? Yeah. Uh, again, the relevance, right? I'm trying to be around it. You know, that's why I did this podcast because I wanted to go ahead and be around mm-hmm. actual car culture itself. Absolutely. I and then that. Jorge knows that the end goal here, obviously, will yeah. be a driver. We'll get to that in a bit, but I'll let him. I'll let him keep uh, asking away. No, well, I think it's it's amazing the small things that you can go ahead and do in order to go ahead and like lead you to where you it is that you want to be. And two years and seven months later, man, you know. You've done incredible. You've done incredible for yourself, and I really mean that. I mean, I didn't know exactly what to expect when I went ahead and walked in here. I'd seen the stuff on Instagram, and but to walk in here, I mean, we're we're in your little lounge area, you know, with the Centuri whiskey flowing. We've got your um, your sim rig here and whatnot. Like, it, this is the perfect vibe. This is the exact perfect vibe for what you would want for a small. Uh, I shouldn't say small. I mean, it's, it is a small shop, but it is growing. Mm-hmm. And you've got a lot of things going on behind the scenes. One of the things is your YouTube channel that you're using as the marketing tool for FFP, which um, it, it, it's it's Function Factory Performance on YouTube. Is that mm-hmm. okay? You've got quite a bit of subscribers on there now, man. Like it's 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 not bad. Like it's, it's doing okay. It's doing okay. And you know you're collabing with people and whatnot. But what I really appreciate is that you are taking not just that. They're, they're, you're doing a variety of different cars. You're doing high-level stuff, but then you're also doing the mid-high-level stuff, which is uh, accessible to someone who has worked hard and whatnot. What was the brain, What was the idea before, behind wanting to go ahead and do the YouTube channel to go ahead and use that as the marketing tool for FFB? So, funny enough, the place that you're sitting in, the entire reason why I wanted to even uh, get this property uh, was when I walked in the back, it has starlights. So I was like, okay, this is it. So I came, as, I, as I told you, I came from automotive photography and the backbone of FFP, I said, you know what, how we're going to build our organic audience is we're going to use YouTube. When I walked back there, I was like, oh my gosh, has, there's a perfect lighting situation back there. Yeah. We can purchase a lift and we'll film installs. That's what we've done for the past two years. It's so, worked out well. And it's worked out pretty well. I mean, the lighting is phenomenal back yeah, there. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, it is... It is I mean, from 9, 9 a.m. all the way to about 4 p.m., we get excellent light back there. We just got a new AC unit <laughs> in the back there. Yeah. But now, uh, how I how we do these YouTube videos, uh, especially these new ones. Mm-hmm. So we've been filming every day for the past five days. Uh, we really explain to our audience as if they don't know about cars, right? I don't like – I have a terrible habit myself of assuming – I assume that people know what I'm talking about, and you can ask all my friends all day. Oh, Charles will just start talking and expect you to know what he's talking about. Yeah. Well, in my YouTube videos, I make it to where, hey, if you've never been in a Ferrari F12, I'm going to show you all the doodads about it, regardless of, hey, we're doing an exhaust on it. Hey, not only are we doing an exhaust on this F12, why don't we learn about the F12? Why don't we learn what makes the F12 unique, that it has a V12, that it's front engine, 
you know, it's got all these carbon parts on it. The steering wheel has this light up section. You can turn this knob and it does this. So I really like to go in depth because when I go on YouTube, it, because we, I mean, transparently we use YouTube for a lot of our install videos because there's some jobs that we haven't done. And of course, prepare yourself uh, when you're doing a job, right? Mm -hmm. Why go on it blind? Just prepare yourself. Well, there's some information that's not included in the videos, right? Right. That maybe it's just foresight. Maybe they're just not thinking of it or, you know, maybe they're trying to rush it. But with this, since this is kind of a passion project, YouTube is definitely a passion project. If it makes money, cool. But more than anything, it's like, hey, you know, we're putting out, we're putting ourselves out there, we're making media. Absolutely. But I just take the videos one at a time, right? Hey, this is where you lift this car. This is what's under this car. Now we're going to get to the exhaust. And we're going to show you everything about the exhaust, how it sounds, how it operates, and all these doodads. And again, I want to put all that information in our YouTube for people that either are working on these cars, that have never, have never even seen a supercar, or actively are in the community and truly want to hear what they're, either they want to hear the exhaust, they want to see how we work and operate. I want to show how clean we are and how well we take care of the cars. We wrap everything on the cars, you know. I mean, from the door, the door seals, everything, it gets protected. I mean, you've got some $300,000 car you need to take care of. It. But more importantly, again, going back to the whole, I just try to explain, I try to explain the videos as if you know absolutely nothing about this car. And I'm holding your hand, Eli fiving you, yeah. explaining it to you like, like I'm fine through the entire process of my YouTube videos when it comes to the insults. Absolutely. Mm. I think that's a, such a fantastic thing to do. And I feel like that sometimes can be lost in uh, YouTube media at times. I think some YouTubers do an excellent job of it. And then some of the heavy hitters who you've been, you know, me even been following people for like 9, 10, 15 years. You know, I, I know a bit, right? But I'm no, I'm, I'm no, I'm no wrench, right? And, I, and I'm fully I'm aware of that. And I make it very known on this podcast, your boy's not a wrench. Ron is a wrench. Uh Ron, of course, my co-host, who's not with me tonight because obviously he's not in Arizona. But it's all good. We still love you, Ronnie. But I think what's really great about what you do on your on your YouTube channel, Charles, is it shows the opportunity of people seeing who they want to do their work for their cars. And I think that is such an important thing because I think that you want, especially when you go into the aftermarket scene, anybody, anybody can claim, oh, this is what we do. But then, you know, you bring in your car, you bring in your parts, you're not there for the install nine times out of ten. You're going ahead and leaving your car at the, at the shop maybe three, four, five days, however long the install may be, depending on whatever parts you're getting installed. And you don't know how they went about it. You don't know. You hope they didn't cut any, you know, cut any corners and whatnot. It takes balls, and I mean that in a good way, to go ahead and decide to put this online, you know, and say, hey, we're showing you. We, we are flat out not only showing you, but we're showing like 20 or 25,000 people that are going to watch this video. That's a big audience. That's a really big audience. And I commend you for wanting to go ahead and be so transparent on that because I don't think a lot of shops do that. And I think we're starting to see that trend more. And I think that's a great way to take advantage of media, but especially when you do a great job, you know, because then people can go ahead and see, oh, you know what? I really like the way that they went about it. They're, they're clean. They're efficient. Uh, they took their time. I'd rather have I'd rather leave my car at a shop for a week 
and make sure that the job was done right and go ahead and have it be done in two days and then realize, yeah, all of a sudden the pipes are going ahead and falling off the back of my car. Um, so I got to, I got to commend you for that. And I appreciate that. Jorge. And, and, yeah. Again, the transparency and when, you know, when I don't know something or Alex doesn't know something, I mean, I make sure to say that, Hey guys, don't reference me on this, but I believe this is how it's done. And we're going to go out. We're going to make sure this is the right way. And we go back, you know, we still include that in the video. I'm not, act, I don't ever want to act like we know everything. Nobody knows everything, right? Yeah. But our, our, in, the entire thing about these videos is that we want to show you the most right way to do your, whatever project you're working on. If it's the turbo install, if it's the exhaust install, cold air intake, and more importantly, why you should do this, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, it's shiny and cool. Did it make power? Or is it just shiny and cool in it? I mean, 99% of the time, the, the parts we work with are all high end. Yeah. So they're going to make power. They're going to look good. The fitment's going to be awesome. I mean, we do a lot of Kropovich exhaust. And I mean, we're, we're a certified Kropovich installer, uh, dealer, all that fun stuff. And the fitment's perfect every time. And we treat that product like it's a $10,000 product on the $300,000 car. So again, uh, to go back to, yeah, we're as transparent as it comes when it comes to the installs. I mean, anyone... I mean, in a safe when it's safe back there, they're allowed to go back there and witness for themselves what, what's going on. I love the fact that you guys are still doing this, even though we're in a time frame in an environment where, you know, I want to be careful with how I say this because um, I, I don't think that we're that close to it, but we are getting more and more electric cars coming out, right? Mm -hmm. We know that. Um, everybody knows who those manufacturers are. I'm not going to mention them tonight because there's no need to. And out of respect of uh, to, to Ronald, of course, um, but you know, you being a performance shop, Charles, um, do you, and I hope that this comes across the right way. But I do want to ask you: do, do you still see yourself in the next like ten years, however you decide to go ahead and keep going with FFP, with the with the rising up of the electric performance car and whatnot? Like, does that affect you in some way? Do you think, or do you think that you'll be okay because? You know, the enthusiast community is still going to be big mm -hmm. um, and whatnot. How do you view that? If you want to answer. Uh, easy. Adapt or die. <laughs> Fair. So, performance vehicles and modifications of cars of all levels, four-cylinder, eight, V12, 10, whatever you want to say, road cars, GT cars, it doesn't matter what it is, will be here to stay 50, 60, 70 years from now. They're just growing value, right? And the people that work on them will be relics. And there'll be more. There'll be more value going forward. But to go to touch on the EV stuff, the adaptation is extremely easy. What is the market right now? It's body kits. Yeah. What do we sell on FFP? We sell a lot of body kits. Sure. We sell a lot of Tesla Y. Sorry, I mentioned it. No, no, it's all good. It's all good. I you can say it. I just prefer <laughs> not to say it myself. Any guest can go ahead and talk about whatever they want. I just had to respect myself, and he knows because he's going to be listening. We, that that that's that is that is what we uh, came to the agreement with. Where, yes, you were saying Tesla Model <laughs> I Totally understand. Uh, adaptation. You know, we sell a lot of Tesla Y three S lift kits, full body kits, wheels, uh, coilovers, and just little trinkets that can modify the exterior of a vehicle more than anything. Because I mean, everyone wants to make their own unique uh, cars. Uh, I mean, I have so much things in the, I have so many things in the pipeline. Right. That, uh, that will set us up for that market 1,000%. I'm not even worried about it. That's awesome. But uh, motorsports itself or performance cars or street cars or whatever. Never going to die. Never going to die. No, I mean, you've got too many people that are 
diehard fans of V8s that love the noise or a four-cylinder high boost application. That stuff's never, ever going to go away. Maybe it might take a 70, 80 years for it to phase out and again, it'd be a relic. And, but, and the people that truly work on those cars, are, they're, they're maybe one out of 100 mechanics knows how to work on a gasoline power motor, which would be absolutely scary. Yeah. I mean, look at look at look at stick shifts. Yeah, the well, stick it, shift is dying. The stick shift is same dying. Name. It's a, and, and the same thing with watches. By the way, mm-hmm. uh, I see that you're going ahead and you've got a piece yourself. Much respect to you. Um, it, you know, you have to go back, and everything is not necessarily with Rolexes and whatnot, but you are seeing more and more of the older uh, watch brands kind of like die out, and you have to. Find somebody who really works on them, and you got to pay good coin for it in order to go ahead and have your make sure that's continue to run because we're just people are going away. They're, they, you know, and and I, I of it, whatever the, the old the old talent is, mm-hmm. right? The art of working on these cars. I mean, to go back to our previous conversation, uh, they're working on an RX seven brake kit back there. Yeah, an FC brake kit. Even though it's like kind of simple, right? It's in the 80s. It's still kind of, I mean, a break is a break, but at the same time, it's like, does someone have experience with that type of car? Yeah. Most likely not. And even in the S chassis stuff, I mean, obviously newer, newer mechanics or technicians or, or, or specialty people are not going to have that ability to, how are you going to diagnose an SR20 when you went to school and learn Ford Fact or, or, that, or that kind of stuff? But, you know, to kind of wrap that whole thing up, this will forever be my passion. Working on cars, racing cars, cars that have engines, that have gasoline, race gas, ethanol, or whatever yeah. in it. I've driven a couple of electric cars. I've driven a, a, a P100D. It's ridiculously fast, obviously. It's ludicrous. It's ludicrous. Fast. Yeah. But the car has no soul. It doesn't. It's very heavy, obviously. It yeah. has batteries. And, uh, the the brakes aren't as good as they should be in Correct. the plot. I'm just saying. The yoke is terrible. <laughs> I have no... Uh, the car is a soulless to me. Yeah. At the end of the day, it doesn't have its perks. It has more perks than no perks. I right. I can't even... I don't even want to not deny that. It is nearly better in every single way besides its weight and performance. Its daily drivability is amazing. Yeah. And obviously, if you guys watch Goodwood... Uh, there were a ton of EV cars, and obviously the EV car set uh, the lap record at 38 seconds. Yeah, Max Chilton's an animal. That man. was that was fucking incredible. It was. That's the, the only way to describe that. Password. Yeah. <laughs> that, oh my gosh, that was that car was goofy as it gets. The proportions are hilarious. Yeah, but it's got this big ass fan behind it and whatnot. It's it propelling. It looks like a speed racer at like a one tenth scale. Yeah. But no, I mean EVs are here to stay. They're not going to Obviously, our, the whole nation is pushing for them. But again, adapt or die, sell body kits. I mean, I mean, if you're listening to this and you know an shop, don't, don't die. I mean, things will be fine in 20, 30 years. Yeah. Even if the EPA comes down on you for headers or catalysts or any of this stuff, adapt. Again, just adapt, grow as a, as a business person. I agree. I mean, the, the way that – let's use motorcycles, for example. I, I don't know if – a few years ago, um, I think this was on the Discovery Channel, they released a documentary, not a documentary, they made a show based on Harley and the Davidsons. Mm-hmm. Uh, you remember, I don't know if you ever saw it. I didn't know. Yeah. It was okay. Afton was like, eh, but that's not the point. The whole 
Every single time that a car or a motorcycle or anything of that nature has ever come about, it's to be competitive. They want to go – competition is the key to be behind it and then trying to figure out how it can be efficient towards – Competition creates innovation. Exactly. And it was amazing to see that. So to hear you say adapt or die as the perfect way to kind of just get that mind frame and, you know – don't be scared to go ahead and open up an automotive shop because there's a ton of different ways. It doesn't have to just be engine building. It can go ahead and be doing body kits. I mean, RWB, like that's all they do. You know, he, he comes to your place and he works on your car for two weeks, literally smoking cigarette after cigarette after cigarette. I've seen the videos. They are incredible. But he, the man is an artist. The man is an artist. And guess what? He's going to have a job for life because of wanting to go ahead and just create art around whatever car he's working on. And I think that's per- that's a perfect way to describe what it is that you can continue to evolve with. And even then, I think you're absolutely right. I don't think that this is really going anywhere. And, and side note, I got to drive the very first American RWD. Oh, that's awesome. That was now, cool. this wouldn't have been Brian Scotto's, right? No, this was a gentleman here local. Oh, that's terrific. Yeah. That this is the really baby cool. baby blue one on some big wheels. Uh, we had borrowed it for Barry Jackson. That's very cool. I'm a really big fan of Rutledge Woods' car, um, and I'm sure Ron's going to appreciate I this. I am so out of the loop. Oh, dude, so he's got, um, if anybody remembers Rutledge Wood, of course, of Top Gear U.S. fame, and of course, okay. famed NASCAR commentator as well. Um, he's a terrific dude in the automotive community all over the in all over the country, and he's got his own RWB, which is him, and it's sponsored by Continental Tires. Oh. And... Um, it's a sick RWB build, and he's got an LS3 in the back. It's, I don't know how I feel about that. It, I know, I know. But it's so interesting, and actually it brings me into the next segue of this conversation because I wanted to talk to you about not just the Scottsdale car community in mm-hmm. general, but just – well, yeah, actually that. The, the car community in total, you, you mentioned something um, of how are you how are you going to be able to learn how to work on an SR20 when this place is only showing you how to work on Ford V8s and whatever – and I wanted to go ahead and get your thoughts on something that Ron and I talked a few episodes ago, and that's just like tribalism in this car community, not just necessarily in the Scottsdale community, but just maybe on the entirety of the West Coast and what you see and what you think we can do to perhaps change our minds Are we, or perhaps are we seeing a shift in it? What do you think? So a lot of people here already could take me, love me, or you could take me, love me. I'm not going to hate you, brother. Um, you know, <laughs> again, I've been in cars – for a long time. I've been modifying them since I was 14 and a half. And, uh, you know, so to give you guys a, kind of a background here and tell you for a um, I love JDM. I am ingrained with Japanese cars. I mean, I'll never forget driving my first Skylines, 35, 34, 32, they've been all in the shop. Um, and, and, yes, I mean, man. And, oh, man, I've been in the, the what are the older Skylines? Uh, not the 31. Oh my god. Haku. Yes, I'll look it up while you know you're what I'm talking Yeah, about. I do know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you've watched Fast Five, yes. um, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The yeah. older cars. Um, yeah, I've been around all that stuff, and obviously I've got multiple 240s. Um, you know, we purchased only, you know, I've got uh, GP Sports coilovers from Kalabata, uh, some. Um, I've got one off kits from Car Wonder. Um, I mean, and, and the JDM stuff has just has just been ingrained in me, and it kind of, you know, I don't want to be again. I guess it steps into the elite, mm-hmm. right? 
where you have these guys that buy all the stuff, they think they're better than everyone, and just because the guy down the street couldn't afford the ad bands like I have, they buy, you know... The Kenmari, by the way, is that the one that you were referring to? The 73 to 77? Yes. Yeah, yeah, the Kenmari. This Kenmar. is the, re the rectangle one, yep. so like the four lights. Super, six, super yeah. awesome with the... Uh, with the side light, uh, the side mirrors on the actual hood. We sold two grids. The we had the only uh, grid um, Alcantara Japan carbon backs, and that went in the car. It went in one of those cars in California. That was a I I delivered them because I didn't believe the guy. <laughs> I sold them for like seven thousand dollars. I'm like, I'm not losing. You guys might know about my chargeback stories, but I wasn't gonna lose that money. So I went personally delivered it. I mean. There's a hurricane, a uterus, and then the sky, two skylines outside of this house. I'm like, okay, this guy's in jail. Yeah. <laughs> uh, back on topic, but um, no, I mean, you know, you have these guys that you know they buy these, they buy these elite products, right? And then Bob down the street can't afford that, mm -hmm. but he sees he sees Jerry with this super sick RX7, or he's got a, a what, what's a popular Japanese car? A, a GR86, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe that GR86 has got a full ready kit. It's got Advans on it. I just saw one. It looks so sick. It's got Advan TC, uh, TC5s on it. Uh, it was super fitted. Must have been nice cool ones. But hey, not everyone has that type of cash, right? Yeah. Because those mods right there in that GR, that GR is a $37,000 car. Yeah. That guy probably just put $8,000 into that car. Serious coin. That's ridiculous. In my, even though... I mean, I modify my cars extensively. Mm -hmm. I've got a hundred thousand dollars into this car behind us. Yeah, it's a Mustang EcoBoost, right? Not everyone can afford that, and I totally respect that. But I can see where the disconnect is. You have the guy in the elite, and then okay, Bob goes down the street. Bob's got a GR86. Bob buys a lower tier wheel. I'm not going to name any brands. Maybe replica wheels. When I say replica wheels, we'll say. Wheels that look like work or Volt or a brand name, right? Right. They buy a less expensive. I don't like the word cheap, so I always use a less expensive uh, or a more economical type of suspension. And they buy maybe a replica lip or something like that. And then the other, and then the big crowd up top, the elite crowd looks down upon that and they laugh. They go to the car shows. Ha ha! You didn't, you didn't, you didn't buy Advan. You didn't buy Volt. You didn't right. buy this. And you know what? That's terrible. I get it. That, that, that's, that makes that guy hate that guy more, right? And that guy will never respect that build, right? He'll never want him to achieve that level. And he'll always think buying more expensive parts is stupid in reality. But there's also a big problem with, you know, I think there's more people that like cheesy car parts than there are enthusiasts that truly appreciate cars that look like race cars mm -hmm. that look like the upper tier models right because what is modifying a lot of these cars in 2022 it's buying a base model car and putting all the parts on it that the higher tier model had right yeah i'm guilty of it 100 percent. i have a gt500 and i have an ecoboost my ecoboost boost looks like a gt350 yeah but i still have the high-end car right absolutely but at the same time i could have took that high-end car and i could have made it look dumb i could have wrapped it pink I could have put a cheap eBay spoiler on it. I could have put louvers on it. I could have put wheels that don't fit the car, right? That don't have the right offsets, that don't have the right widths. I could have put cheap tires. And a lot of that comes from, a lot of that comes from is just pure ignorance, yeah. to be honest, to be really blunt about it. 
It's not doing your research. It's not in, it's people in a phase, right? They're in a car phase. They're not in, they're not in it to win it. Yeah. I fucking live, breathe cars. I wake up 6 a.m. every day, cars. I woke up, I got here today at 8 a.m. I jumped into 720. That is cars. Like yeah. that was awesome. I had a fucking great day. But at the same time, I'm more than happy to hop in that rust bucket over there. We've got a rust bucket 240 on the lift Which above so this, this F12 here. Yeah. And I'm more than happy than to drive that fucking thing around the block I hear you. and do donuts in it. I hear you. But at the same time, I will never look down on someone just because, I mean, my these people are my clients. Yeah. I don't care if you spend a dollar here, you spend $10,000 here. You're still the same person. Because at the end of the day, we still love cars, right? But if it's a phase for you, that's cool. But I don't like the kids... That, or kids or even adults that go around and they act like they know about the cars. And you, you guys know, or even you know, you can go to the paths and you can meet a guy there that could literally tell you, this car makes 700 horsepower. Hey man, but it doesn't have any mods. It makes 700 horsepower and it runs like a 10. Yeah. Do you have your, do you have a quarter mile slip? Right. Nah, man, you know, I only race on the street. You know, it's those the, guys. Oh my God. You know, you know exactly the profile I'm building. Absolutely. And that ruins it for me. It really does. But then you can go to the next row at Pavilions mm -hmm. and find maybe an Evo with a Voltex wing on it with CE28s and ARC intake, a full race manifold. And you're like, damn, yeah, that thing's sick. But what could change that? What if that guy thinks he's better than the guy that just talked about a 700 horsepower car that theoretically doesn't even exist? Then the guy that owns that Evo is an asshole, right? It's all mindset, right? Mm -hmm. It's being humble. Just because you have a 720 doesn't mean you can't talk to the dude with the Honda Civic. Absolutely. Maybe the guy with the Honda Civic has Volks. He's got he's got Mugen parts on it. He's got all member password JDM stuff. He's got Brids in it, and he's prideful as shit about it. Yeah. Those two people should be able to talk. Because I guarantee you that 720, that Huracan 48 guy, he owned a 240 or a Civic at one time to get there. Absolutely. Uh, thank and, you for thank you for saying that, dude. And I've got so many clients here that are like, dude, my first car was an Isuzu. Yeah, my first car was a Mazda Protégé. And, you know, to come from this and that, you know, it's really humbling to see that. But, you know, obviously there's people that just immediately get money dumped on them, but they have two paths. Mm -hmm. Either they're humble or they're dickheads. And it's, but it's but it's that. But I totally but I, I get what you're saying where you know people are, are rude to one another because my car is better than yours, or just because you have a V6, my V8's better. And I think social media has a lot of people to go on rampant with that. Yeah. And social media has a state, we're not we're gonna go off topic of cars. Dude, go for it. That's what we're here for. Social media has allowed people to make comments without consequences. Someone can type your car sucks and have no repercussion or feeling about it because there's no end user to see you face to face. And then they go ahead and go about their day, right? Mm -hmm. When in reality, that person that just read that, again, this is deep and this is, hey, this is not being fluffy. This is not saying, oh, you guys are soft. No, there are true people that take those comments to heart and they really get hurt over That's For a good reason, by the way. That took me a long time to, 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 even, uh, to even learn. Because I used to be that guy. I really did. I used to make fun of people with shitty 240s because I had an EFR kit and I had a 4 kit and I had sponsorships and I had to drive 24-7. But you know what? 
we're selling the same cars at the end of the day. We all were at the same car. And when I started selling car parts, I mean, obviously, we, me and Chase have probably talked to 20,000 people in the past just couple months. Everybody is prideful about their cars. And the second you hurt that pride, you've lost their trust. And why would you want to do that? And at the same time, why be fucking rude? You know what's free? Being nice. Being nice is free 99. Yeah. You you know what? Maybe instead of viewing that guy that has that V6 Mustang with louvers and bad wheel fitment, why not say, hey, dude, you know, you seem like a cool guy. You know, you, you want to, like, learn more about cars? I've got this link here. i got this YouTube channel. I've got these friends. Like, i got this whole... I got this whole community, man. I'll teach you more about cars if you're willing to. If you don't, hey, that's cool. If you want, if, if you don't want to learn about cars and this is just a phase for you, hey, man, you do your own thing. That's cool. But if you're like, if, if that person is saying, dude, I, I want, you know what? You know, I always watch racing on, I want to get involved in racing. I want to do autocross. And, hey, dude, I'm your dude. Yeah, 100%. I'll guide you the right way. But you have to be willing to accept constructive criticism Absolutely. On, a, on a small level here. So it really comes it really comes down to mindset, right? It all comes down to business. You have to have a business mindset because a lot of it is you have to be open to criticism. If you don't have if you don't have the ability to accept criticism on a car level, mm-hmm. on a business level, on an intellectual level, on a human level, then you can't advance. And you're gonna be stuck in your own shitty V6 mm-hmm. car or whatever it is, and you're gonna think it's the shit. Right. But good for you. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Those people might be the happiest people in the world. Dude, oh my God. That was really enlightening, by the way. Because it, it, it's so true. And and you talk about like, you're, you're stuck, especially when you get started in cars. Um, I remember my second car, I mentioned this on this podcast. My very first car was a Honda Accord, 1990. My mom bought it for me as a graduation gift from high school. I will forever. Right? Dude, yeah. I loved it. They had the, uh, the automatic uh, seat belts on it and whatnot, yeah. which... Single slammer? Single slammer, and it was an automatic. It had 190,000 miles on it, and by the time that I traded in for my Z, I think I put like almost 260 on it. I owned it for a year, it was tremendous. Dude, it was awesome. It was awesome. I had two 10-inch subwoofers in it with the Sony amp. No AC. Not a single bit of AC in Tucson, rolling around in the summertime, brother. I loved it. It, it, It was awesome. And then I got the Z32, which it was a blessing upon a blessing. My mom co-signed it for me, but I worked hard to go ahead and make sure that I was making those monthly payments and whatnot. And I remember coming up with like these crazy dumb ideas because my car was naturally aspirated. It was an automatic. And I was like, oh, I'm going to go ahead and move my short air, uh, my, yeah, my, my, uh, my cold air intake from the Accord. And I'm going to move her into a Z. Not knowing, I was 18 at the time. I had no idea what the hell That's that meant. Stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I was still learning. I wasn't Ron and God bless Ron because... I mentioned him because he's such a he's been such a big part of my like car progression over the last like 15 years. Man is brilliant and he knows I tell him to him every single day. And but when I was 18, 19, I was coming up with these crazy ass ideas. Like one of my friends told me, "Oh, dude, they, they sell um crate motor for Zs and it's a 4 liter V6. Go ahead and swap that in. It'll make more power than the Z than, than the Z32's uh the VG 3000 TT." I was like that's a great idea. Like, it should cost like $5,000, first of all. Second of all, like, why would I even put myself through that? This is my daily driver. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, it's so crazy. But you know what? 
support that guy, support that kid because he's still got a passion. Mm-hmm. Guide guide support that gal too. Guide, guide her, guide him. Yeah, you need guidance. Yes, you don't. It, have, it can't be forceful either. Again, they have to be willing to accept it. If they don't want to accept it, truthfully, you move on. Yeah, and you let that person just be in their happy. Mood. You know, speaking of guidance. Let's talk about a lot of a little bit about your driving, brother. Because, mm. like, <laughs> you you impressed me on one video. <laughs> um, and by the way, Nyla is actually a really good driver as yeah, well. She, uh, I've seen her on that respective video um, that we're talking about, which you can go ahead and find on FFP's YouTube channel. Go check it out. Um, actually, no, I apologize. It's on Christina Roki's YouTube channel. Uh, Car Game. Yes, yes, Car Game. Thank mm-hmm. you. Her and Grant. They they, they seem like a really fun couple of couple of kids let me tell you mm, I, I they're living the life they really yeah. are and good for them you know just enjoying making really good fun car and driving content i appreciate that but so i i wanted to go ahead and talk to you about your driving skills because yeah. they're seriously impressive you took her out um i think you guys were at radford uh we were at, at the podium club at the podium club i apologize i want to make sure that we're giving the right props mm-hmm. to the right people of course and so you go ahead, you went ahead and you took out your shop car that you have, which yep. is the which 20, is 2020 Ford Mustang Shelby GT500 handling pack. Terrific car, by the way. It really is. It's, it's a very cool car. A great track car in particular. Oh, yeah. Um, you took her out on track, mm-hmm. and she ran like a one high 20s. I think she started, uh, her starting time was a two minute uh, 20. Two minute twenty. I which is I want to be nice, Christina. Extremely slow. <laughs> yeah, no, but it, for for what they're driving, yes. yes. But after and please, because I can't remember exactly in the video, how many laps did she put in, and then explain to the people how much time she shaved off. Because this is also this is two things. This is driving talent one, mm-hmm. and this is also guidance from you, which is incredibly important. So. To give the people an idea of how much time she shaved off and how long it took her to do so, what was it? Yeah, so let's set the expectation first. Go ahead. What, 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 is, a, what is a fast lap at, at the That's yeah. This car is not a beginner's car. No. This car is 760 horsepower. It has 305s all the way around. I changed the wheels out for variant wheels. I built my own GT500 carbon fiber track pack wing that we have on it. This is not an amateur car. And Christina told me this is my very first time on a racetrack. That's she's crazy. She's like, I've never, I've never raced a vehicle. I've never tracked a vehicle. You know, I four cars on the street. This is another thing. We go back to what is a fast time around this? Um, for a car that's in a GT touring level, a really high tier, like GT3 RS, yeah. uh, GT500, McLaren 570, you're looking at a time of about 140. Okay. So one minute forty seconds is really quick around this track. So Christina started at a two twenty in less yeah. than four sessions. So we did about she got tired about six or seven laps in. So we'd say on her twenty fourth or twenty fifth lap, she managed to turn a one forty eight. That's serious, yeah. serious improvement in a very short time span, Charles. And that is, I mean, it's. It is, it was a little, I could see it in her eyes. She's a little scared. I mean, we're doing 150 down the straightaway and she's trusting these massive Brembo brakes. And are they carbon fiber? No, they are, they're okay, still brakes. Mm-hmm. She's, you know, again, people that have never done this, this is an extremely intimidating. So I give her massive props for just going out there, just doing it, you yeah. know what I mean? 
and listening listening to whatever I had to say, her ability to listen was incredible. And, and you know, in her videos, if you watch, she says, aha, uh-huh, okay, a lot. But no, that's actually how her brain works. And I had to just adapt to it, right? She, any, any little thing I said, she said, uh-huh, okay, okay. That's just how she reacts. But every time I said something, she would react to it in her steering and her braking and her gas pedal inputs, right? And we went over track maps, we went over driving theory. And at the end of the day, again, she walked through with a huge Delta at a 148 in the 500 on, I think those tires were decently new and the brakes were new as well. So, I mean, she did a great job for, I mean, again, for only, we were out there for a total of about three hours before it started getting pretty hot out there. She was just fatigued at that point. That's all I understand. I mean, where we live, I mean, what, what was the high today? It's like 107 and that's how- Yeah, one, a feeling of 107. Yeah. Um, but that is remarkable, Charles, but not just on her part. It takes a lot to be able, it takes a lot of patience. It, it takes a lot of driving ability to go ahead and understand how that car is going to react on certain corners on, you know, just all, all over the track. It takes a lot of ability to go ahead and understand the track in and of itself. What is, you know, you, you talked about her understanding and reacting to everything that you were saying. You know, what is it about your teaching that you think that people respond so well to it? Because to have, to shave off, you said that she did a 220, ended up doing like 148. That's more mm-hmm. than 30 seconds off in mm-hmm. a three hour time session. That's absolute utter insanity. What do you think is the key component to be able to go ahead and pull off something like that besides driving model? Setting the expectation that I'm going to be very blunt. Uh, again, the sugar coating, if you guys, if you made it this long, you'll realize we're not sugar coating. There's no sugar coating in what I do. Uh, and obviously I believe that's led to the short success, right? I mean, it's, it's been a short amount of time and we've been able to achieve this much what we built here, right? But I take that in my driver coaching and I've been driver coaching for now about a year. And I'm, I'm now looking into my getting certified, uh, a, full, a real license of driver coaching. Uh, you know, I'm just really, you know, I, I, I talk with the client saying, yeah. hey, listen here, what we have to offer in Function Factory Racing is an arrive and drive program here in our GT500. If you are looking for something to put around and experience the car, you're not going to get your value out of this. It's obviously a really high price point, and we, we set that expectation that you're coming here to learn how to high performance drive to the next level, where most of our clients have already had prior track experience and are driving times at tracks that are, I mean, they're on they're on pace, right? But we're still looking for that 10, looking for that half second delta, or even looking for a full second, right? And it's, hey man, I'm gonna push you. Hey Christine, I'm gonna push you. And you've gotta be okay with that. And if you feel uncomfortable at any time, go ahead and say it, mm-hmm. tap, right? I don't want you to be uncomfortable at any time. I'm not trying to get you twisted on a, you know, we're doing 150, 155, and we're breaking down into a really hard decel zone. But no, I think though, being upfront, setting good expectations, and being having the confidence in the right seat, they call it sitting right seat, yeah, uh, or driving right seat, that having the confidence to say, go ahead and floor the car. Let's give it all the power. Have the confidence to let the car track out all the way to the edge of the track, and you're gonna you're gonna control the car because I can feel the car that I can feel the tires and feel the suspension loading up. And if at any time I feel uncomfortable, I'm gonna say, hey, you know what? Let's make an adjustment for this next corner. 
or hey, when we go back around, we're going to take that a little slower and we're going to keep working on that. It's just being hypercritical of the driving and doing a lot of downloads and looking at telemetry. But at the same time, I'm not, again, you know, I've been through a lot of these schools and they do sugarcoat it. But they have to, right? They see, they probably run 50 people through the programs a day. Easy. And you can't offend and the time And the time frame that they're with them is relatively short. It in is fact, you did short. three hours with there is. Is that mm -hmm. something that you would normally do if like somebody came over to FFP that, uh, actually, let, let me ask yeah. you that because I think you kind of talked about that a little bit. Like mm -hmm. I know that you've posted on your Instagram page, like, yeah, you want to go ahead, you're going to be offering driver, driving lessons. Is that something that you guys are going to be offering here at FFP? Like your client comes in, hey, I want to get some work done. And then once the car is ready to go, I want to take it out on track and I want you to teach me. No, 100%. Okay, that's awesome. So again, to, to make it clear, Function Factory Racing is our labor portion yeah. and our racetrack program. Um, to to, to uh, uh, go back to what Jorge's saying about me posting on Facebook, yes, you are able, most cars that I would say about, eh, let's say 20% of the cars that come here end up on the racetrack. And we actually manage them, they come in here, we do an inspection, we'll tow them out to um, Podium Club, and then we'll driver coach them. And right now, my little selling point, <laughs> I am offering these service complimentary of my graciousness. <laughs> and I'm actually flying out to uh, Oklahoma uh, mid-July. Uh, we've got uh, four guys to coach okay. at a private racetrack. I'm super excited for this. Awesome. So I'm actually getting to drive this. So I got to drive the last one over in Eagles Canyon. That was so much fun. But this one, this is a lot more extensive. It sounds like these guys are really wanting to hit this one hard. But uh, no, we do... Uh, we're trying to build this small race program and make it kind of bespoke, you know, whatever you want to do, how serious do you want this? And, and to talk about track time, our program offers 16 hours of track time because, you know, our, we're, we're part of a private club. Mm -hmm. So if there's no one there on the track, the track is all ours. There's no sessions at that point. We can run and run. Most people get tired. I mean, most people do about 20, 30 minutes stents in a car. I mean, you really... I mean, racing, a, a, a real race is 60 minutes dense. Mm -hmm. Normal people, they, they start to lose mental focus at around 30. Absolutely. And they start to lose respect for the brakes and the tires at around 20 minutes. So there's a lot of things that, that go into this. But now, I think kind of the evolution of this brand and my passion is helping other people evolve their driving uh, to a whole other level. While for myself... I get to have fun in new cars, I get to learn new tracks, and I get to meet new people. I mean, this is true networking 101 and exploiting my talents to others at the exact same time. And maybe I can make a little cash on it, but I mean, I mean, I don't want to sound cocky, I think we make plenty of money here. And, hey man, if you got to flaunt it, brother, you've worked your ass off you know, for it, might as well, you know? You know, we make plenty of cash here, so, you know, I'm just kind of sharing my knowledge with other people maybe it can open doors to new friendships, networks, and potentially more clients on the racing division side. And to kind of just wrap that up, I mean, my end goal, my true end goal, 20, 10, 15 year goal is I want a race team. I want to race. I want a Cobra. I want a pit crew. I want to travel to the United States. I want to fly to Europe. I want to drive other cars. I want to experience that. And if I can use digital media to show this experience again, guys. Again, Jorge, I'm not. I'm not an anomaly. There's 10 million of me, secret or open. I mean, everybody has a camera. A lot of people can drive. Everybody's got, somebody has access to a microphone. 
Someone's got access to the microphone. But hey, if you come across, or hey, if you come across me, Charles, on my YouTube channel and you want to be a fan, hey, more power to you. That's how I see it, right? If you want to follow what me and him are doing, what he's doing, what I'm doing, hey, I super appreciate that. But I want to, I want to be real, right? I mean, a lot of people can drive cars. A lot of people come from money. Yeah. A lot of family money that can race these really serious cars. But maybe the story is inspiring that, hey, a dude that lived out of his 240 came into a business and opened multiple businesses, got a race team, and lived his life. I mean, a lot of people respect that. But then again, a lot of people respect drivers that come from that come from wealthy uh, individual families. And that's cool. I guess at the end of the day, it's whose story do you want to follow, right? But you can have multiple. You can be fans of multiple people. You can, you can be fans of multiple people. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the day, it's <clears throat> the humbleness that you brought up earlier, I think is such an important aspect of it all. You know, I, I came up, you, you know, I, I've said this multiple times and I'm never going to get tired of it because I mean, I know where I am in my life right now. I'm, I'm, I'm happily married. I've got three wonderful boys. I am incredibly blessed, Charles. And, and I'm in the middle of... Did she of, want a girl? What's that? Did she want at least one girl? She did, but you know what? She actually loves the fact that she's the queen. You know what I mean? We got three little princes. You got the king and then she's that, she's that queen. Mm -hmm. and, and she kind of likes that. So she doesn't, she's kind of gotten used to not having to share the mantle. Hey, more power to her. I love her. But what I'm trying to get at is I know where I am at in my life. <clears throat> I can love cars. I can appreciate the car culture, the car enthusiasm, the driving culture, and I can still appreciate it with what I have, what I, what I rolled up to today. And once I'm ready financially again to go ahead and make whatever move that I want to make, that's great. And guess what? If I don't, I'm perfectly fine with it because I can still surround myself and hear the other stories of the people who are working their asses off to get wherever they want to get to. Can I rant on that? Certainly, story? please. I might keep this short. I might not. Depends how yelling I get. I don't care, man. We, it's it's your. If you want to turn on the light to make sure that we don't get too dark in here, that's cool. Go for it. It's pretty dark in here right now, guys. <laughs> the, the, the the light is uh, really annoying. Actually. It's all good. Don't worry about it. We're cool. Um, it doesn't. What you just said is super important. It doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are. It doesn't fucking matter if you have a seven twenty at sixteen. It doesn't matter. if you have a Huracan at 50, you have it. Age doesn't matter. And I'm so sick of these kids thinking they need to get it now. I'm so sick of everyone faking the funk to think that they got to trick other people that, hey, dude, I'm rich. Join me in my journey. No, you're not. You're faking the funk. You're doing this. You don't own a company or whatever. Want entrepreneurs. I, I, I hate that so much. Why? Why? Why do you need to keep up with the next guy above you? Because social media said so. Mm -hmm. Just because you have that and I have this doesn't mean we can't share the same love for cars that we're doing right now. You can go to NASA and go ride with me. You can come to Podium Club and come ride with me and experience. You got to put yourself out there, right? Absolutely. You got to use that network. You're using it right now, right? Absolutely. And I absolutely dislike how some people fake it to make it. There are, you know, I won't lie. There are times that it can be used and in leverage it can be used. But I see things that are so false. And there are there might be some people that know what I'm talking about, 100%. I don't know how many people I know on my social media accounts or, or, or mutual friends that I know that I know 
personally that I know are faking it. But why? Why do you need, just because you're young and you don't have that exotic car, doesn't make you any less than the next human being that has it or has that big mega mansion or has that yacht. You know what I say? Good for them. Cool. Because you know what? I know how hard it is to get that loan for that supercar. I know how hard it is to get the money for that. I know how hard it is to get expensive assets. It's extremely fucking hard. And whether or not that person put the work in it, they still worked extremely hard to get that asset. And I'm proud of them. Regardless how they obtained it, minus stealing it, it, it is extremely hard to get a supercar. Anybody that says it's easy... A sports car in general. ...is fucking lying to you, yeah. to your face. Anybody that says racing is easy is an insane liar. <laughs> Anything that does with cars, even changing the damn wheel, could be extremely hard for someone. But again, it doesn't make anybody less. And to kind of sum that up, I hope that anybody that listens to this that wants to chase clout kind of looks in the mirror and says, why am I doing this? Why, why don't I just ball in my own lane? Isn't that what Kevin Hart said? Ball in your own financial lane? <laughs> my man, thank you. Dude. Yes. See, the way, my, the way my credit card account is set up. <laughs> I go to Disney World, and he's, I'm like, where's everyone at? He's like, oh, I went to the whole park. And I'm like, I don't have that type of money. <laughs> that, that's cool. Yeah. Maybe one day you'll get there. I know. But how I see the cars, how I see the houses – all these extravagant things that I'm exposed to, I see it as a motivation that, you know, when I was young, I always wanted the Ferrari. When I was 16, any, all my friends could attest that I could never shut up. I wanted an R7 and I wanted a Ferrari. That's all I ever wanted in life. And he was like, there's more to life than that. You're right. They're 100% right. Now that I'm older, I'm like, you know what? I get to drive a lot of these cars. I'm kind of glad I don't own one. They're extremely expensive. I, I would know. I work on them. Yeah. But at the end of the day, guys, stop chasing clouds. Do what makes you happy. Do what makes you happy. <laughs> you know, I was, I was telling Alex this a few days ago. If you want to sell the best lemonade in the world, be the best lemonade stand. Maybe you had this passion about it, but you got distracted because this other dude that sold lemonade bought a, bought a, bought a freaking Ferrari and he's super successful. But you don't even know the 20 years it took that guy and in between of how he started that lemonade stand to where he is now. You didn't you didn't go through the mud to experience that. All you saw was some gratif- gratification on Instagram. It was like, oh, dude, flexing with my Patek and my new girl in Monaco and we got a rental F8. Like, we're living the life. And you're like, I want that. So you go out and buy like, some fake Patek. You're wearing... $500 jeans, you're wearing Yeezys. Mm-hmm. For what? And you got a thousand bucks in your account? Oh my gosh, I could rant about this. I know how you, I have those moments. <laughs> and I think we all do. I think we all do. Whether or not it's, you you know, like don't do that. Or sometimes you think, oh man, you know what? I just want to do it. But then you don't, rem- you tend to forget all the other circumstances that can go ahead and come around you that can maybe perhaps ruin that said circumstance. Let me give you a perfect example. You're getting real with us. I'm going to get real with the people right now. I really, really want a Rolex Submariner. And I have been telling Ronald and I've been telling my wife and anybody who will listen, I really want a Rolex Submariner. Whether it's vintage, whether it's new. I know people who have their, 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 their authorized dealers 
that if I go through them, they can get me a hiccup. And I think to myself, why don't I just go ahead and take out a loan and go ahead and buy the watch? And I've thought about it multiple times. And so I even, how much is this watch? A brand new sub, I think, no date, I think eight. And with date, I think nine or ten. That's retail. That's not bad. It's not terrible. Now, if you look at them on the on the used market, I think subs, if you get a one, eh, not quite, but like 11, 12, and then that's when you start to go ahead and get into the different colors, 15, 16, yeah. 17, 18K. That's serious coin. That's okay, a car. What fascinates you about the world? The world turns Sure. <laughs> you know what? It, 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 the fact that it does something remarkable. Regardless of whether or not I'm going to do it, it does something remarkable. It can go what, like 200, 300 feet under? 500 meters. It's insane. You know, like that's the kind of stuff that I'm just like, oh my God, that's incredible. It's the same reason why we love cars. Are you gonna do 200 miles an hour on the streets? You better not. But the fact that you know that it can do that in a car fascinates you. It's the same thing about a watch. Let me be very clear. I'm not gonna buy that watch right now, Charles. Because it's probably not the best idea in the world. Because A, I just mentioned I got kids and a wife. B, I'm a hardworking dude who's got dreams and stuff like that. But I know where my responsibilities lie as a human being. You know? And not to make this a, 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 a podcast about like, oh, we're going to go ahead and self-motivate you and stuff like that. But you talk about cloud chasing. And that cloud chasing, it's literally just... Put yourself in the right scenario and realize, don't be fake about it. If you can't do what it is that you're trying to claim that you're trying to do, then don't do it. Be in your lane and do something else. Put your passion into what you really love. And maybe, just maybe, in a few years' time, if I don't get a Rolex today, if I don't get a Rolex tomorrow, if I have to wait until 20 years, once I go ahead and retire from whatever job that it is that I'm doing... If I get it then, cool. And if I don't, it's not going to kill me. I can still be able to appreciate and fascinate over these things and not be in ownership of it. That's the great thing about the car community. I might not be able to go ahead and roll up in a GT500 tomorrow. I can still talk to people who are just as enthusiastic as you are. I can still host a, a podcast with my best friend who's as enthusiastic as he is and live vicariously through his 69 Stingray. I'm still, I still, I almost get just as much, if not more of a high talking than wanting to go ahead and try and do it for my own. Does that make sense? 100%, yeah. And, and it's just, and it, not a lot of these things allow me and allow us as the enthusiasts to be able to do it. So just enjoy what you have around you. If you want to really work hard for it, please, by all means, go for it. But don't get mad if you can't reach that goal because at least you are still enjoying life as best as you can. I think a closing statement on that, it's really, really real, is, you know, life isn't fair. No, it's not, unfortunately. And to really, to talk about, to make it relevant about car parts or cars or houses or boats or all the stuff that comes with being in the car scene. Some people have a silver spoon. Some have the rustiest spoon in the world that's falling apart. And it's about to get demolished, and it's in the junkyard. Mm-hmm. That's just how life is. And you, you, you know, some sometimes you get dealt the cards. And in my case, I deal the cards. So that, that, that takes a lot of work to be able to be that dealer. By the way, it does. And it, you know, I think my mind shut off 
I mean, you could we, we could go into a whole other podcast of how I built this. Mm-hmm. And I'm which I think we need to, by the way. Yeah, there is a whole other story to this. Uh, I, I think we're gonna there's a we're making a documentary on that uh, a lot later. But that's excellent. That's a brilliant idea, by the way. There is. I think my brain shut off when I, uh, you know, I lost my dad, and uh, I lived in my car for I lived in my car and my friends for four and a half years. But I think my brain had shut off and just said, you know what, it is what it is, and whatever we got to do to be in cars, you got to do it. That was it. And you know, it wasn't like you know, it wasn't like I didn't have to like give myself all these like motivational speeches or post a bunch of motivational texts or think I'm like some Gandhi or anything. It was just, you know what? I want to race cars. And you know what? If it's a Fiat 500, which I have, if it's a Fiat 500 I can race, sure, why not? If it's if it's a Power Wheels, dude, I'm right there doing donuts in that Power Wheels. And whenever that sparkly chance comes about, when I get to get in a race suit, put a Hans device on and a carbon helmet and the comms, I'll cry. You'll, I'll be the first one to admit getting in a, you know, I got to drive a GT4 BMW. I think I was crying every lap because I was so, I was like, I did it. You know what? Even though, you know, it, it was a, it was an experience. Mm-hmm. I got, I got to go to BMW for eight hours and drive this car. And I was like, this is what I've worked for. And obviously that's not the best car in the world. But to me in that moment, that was that was my Sharon. Yeah. That was my, I made it. I made a gazillion dollars. This is it. Every single second on this racetrack, in this car, with this suit, with this Hans, with this Stilo on, this is, I can, I can remember every single second at Thermal in that GT4 car. Because I worked so hard to get to that moment. Yeah, it only lasted eight hours. But that's an eight hour, that's an eight hour memory I've tattooed on me forever that I can share with you and I can share with other people, and then guess what? I'm gonna strive to keep doing that. Yeah. And that's why I keep, that's why, you know, I just keep coming to work, right? I just, well, I'm always close, it's that simple. But you just gotta, you gotta have that initiative. And it's, I don't think it's like this crazy, like, again, it's, I don't think it's like, you gotta like, reach deep down to really find this. You just gotta say, what's my passion? If your passion is snowboarding, it's wakeboarding, whatever, but you wanna make a career out of it, then, You'll figure out a way. I think there. Are, I think there are ways. It's exactly what you're doing, right? If you really love these podcasts and you keep at it, you're gonna c- come across someone that's gonna blow you up. Mm-hmm. You just you, you don't know who you're gonna meet if you apply yourself. If you just take that like one percent, right? Mm-hmm. And again, we can rewind this entire conversation back to you talking about uh, other enthusiasts making fun of other people for buying lower tier car parts or just because they didn't like their car or such. What if the lower tier person had the mindset to say, I want a badass car. Maybe, you know, I'm gonna work with what I have. I've got a V6 Mustang, I've got a V6 Camaro, I've got a V6 Challenger. But you know what, maybe I'll spend, I'll budget a little cash here, I'll make it look cool, mm-hmm. I'll do some research, I'll be optimistic, I'll open my mind, what looks cool, right? Yeah. What are some good brands? Maybe I should consult some people about this. And those are the people I love. I love the people that don't know about cars, that they can be molded. And again, I'm not saying my way is the right way. Right. But I mean, I like clean cars. I like I like a good street look. 
a nice fitted tire and wheel combo, a nice suspension setup, and then a good sound out of a car, a good exhaust system, right? And there's plenty of low-end cars that can still sound good with exhausts that are still hitting the budget marks, right? Absolutely. But again, I guess to really summarize it, it's just mindset. It is mindset, and if if you love how a car looks that you had that idea for love it don't don't let anybody else tell you wrong true fact you know like it, 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 that's so important you know if you like those louvers be about the louvers yeah well, bro if you like the spinners from like 2003 spinners. the spree wells homie be about it you know i love low riders I love spinners. I love donks. Oh, donks are the bomb, dude. For love some them. reason, I love those SEMA trucks. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I couldn't tell you. Our very first podcast that Ron and I ever recorded, I talked about that I love the Brodozers. I do. Are they terrible for the environment? Yes. Should we clean it up? Yes. Do I love them? Absolutely. I do. I want a ladder to get in my truck. Yes. And I want to be blinded by the chrome underneath the lift kit. Absolutely. I, I, I want to get like... Six miles to the gallon, but then also have like two thirty gallon feet, tanks. Twenty feet in the air. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but then at the same time, I want people to know I love this earth. You know, <laughs> I'm using biodegradable diesel. Yeah, there you go. The best. Uh, what's the urea stuff they put in the exhaust? Yeah. Whatever. Charles, man, thank you for, for a, a great hour and 12 minutes. And uh, I know it's a little bit late, and I hope I didn't take up too much of your time. But, dude, I, I, I didn't know what to expect when I came by tonight. Um, I knew that from what I could see on, on, on everything you've done on your YouTube channel and on your Instagram page and how you've grown the business with all your employees, I was like, I had a really great feeling, and I love it when I'm right. You know what I mean? So thank you so much. You've been so you, such Mark. a great person to go ahead and get a chance and I hope that after this, you and I can go ahead and just have great conversations as a whole. And I'd love to have you back on TT. It would be an honor and a privilege. And not only to talk to you again, but also talk to more of your employees um, who I know are huge car enthusiasts. And I know mm-hmm. that are also the backbone of what makes FFP be as successful as it is. And I think that's really important. The setting yourself up with the right team. And I think you have a really great team out there, man. So I just want to make sure that if you guys are listening to this and anybody else who's associated with FFP, I want you to know that you guys are tremendous and I hope and I wish you guys nothing but the greatest of successes. I, I, really, that, I really appreciate that. And a big shout out to uh, Tormenting Tarmac for this podcast and what he just said, uh, touching on the sales guys and the process and what we built here. One of you guys it's, is in here right now. Man. It's awesome. <laughs> it's literally probably chapters and chapters of just business mindset, sales tactics, in not there's just so many things that are involved in this business. Yeah, it's sim- it looks simple from the outside. We have a website, we sell car parts. Mm-hmm. There were ninety thousand things in between that. And then I you mean, talked about you 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 were officially certified by by Akrapovich. Yes. That's not an overnight thing. No, it's not. Hell no. I mean, it's the best exhaust. Uh, arguably, it's the best exhaust in the world. Fitment is impeccable. But yeah, being an authorized dealer of many products is extreme. It, 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 it comes with a lot of respect, right? And, you know, Hard earned. I mean, to touch on it, we leverage that a lot with our digital media. Yeah. But no, thank you, Jorge. Thank you, Ron. I know you're not here. I know you don't know me. Maybe one day we'll meet face to face. And I'd love to talk cars with you. Oh, dude. Well, thank you so much. Um, 
real quick before we go ahead and sign off, I want to make sure that you you talked about you're going to be um, you posted on your Facebook right when we went live. I saw it on yes. your Instagram stories. You're going to be talking at uh, a leadership, uh, um, not a leadership conference, but you're going to basically be telling people how to grow their digital media. Go ahead. Um, it depends on when this is going to drop. So hopefully it drops within the time frame of when you're going to be doing it. I would like for this to drop sometime beginning of July, um, which literally we're, it's right around the corner. So perhaps in the next week or two, we'll go ahead and get this dropped. But when I say that you're going to be doing this? So this is July 13th. It's live on SEMA's Future Leaders Network. So they basically are kind of nominating as like a, a future leader of our young. It used to be called SEMA Yen, mm-hmm. but now it's evolved into SEMA's Future Leaders Network. So basically they're saying, they're kind of nominating saying, hey, this guy's got a voice, listen up. Uh, other people that have joined the podcast, uh, they're featured, most of them are marketing directors, CEOs of other large companies. And the people that I saw that were on the call, they're heavy hitters. They're heavy. These guys are controlling $100 million companies. And the fact that you're going to be getting a chance to speaking along with them is a huge And honor. I'm the one leading the conversation. That's awesome. Dude. So that's kind of, intim- you know, I don't get intimidated. Sure. But I know there's going to be a lot of people judging me on this one because this is one of my biggest ones I've ever done. You know, I've stood in front of 500 people and talk, but, and I pretend, you know, that they're not, I don't know who they are, right? Mm-hmm. But looking at the email list and seeing who's on this call or that podcast or how, however you want to say it, is really intimidating. But, you know, SEMA has, you know, I'm really grateful for SEMA. You know, we've had, I've been going for eight years now. We've had a car in there. I still haven't got a chance to go to SEMA. I need to change that. I really do. Oh, it's. I need to get out there. Again, a whole other experience of the sure. podcast, but no, SEMA is. It's changed a lot. It really has, but I think it's something that is a must-do on a car guy's list. Uh, big shout-out to Nick for, I'm sure he might have made this happen or had some influence. Denise, maybe, too. <laughs> so, again, July 13th, Okay. Uh, we'll be talking about exactly uh, – we'll be talking about e-commerce, brick-and-mortar, and digital marketing, and uh, some experimental marketing that you can use in your automotive shop. We'll definitely go ahead and be plugging that as soon as that comes around. I promise you that, uh, Charles. So um, please remind me of it so I can make sure to post it up on TT's Instagram page because I will. Um, and you know, let's as we sign off, let's go ahead and make sure I plug everything. So we've got FF Performance AZ, right? FF P Racing, FF Racing AZ, FF Racing AZ. Um, you got Peak Performance AZ. And then you got German, uh, the German German Muscle AZ. Is yeah, that? okay. German muscle AZ. And then what's the other ones that you got? We've got Body Kit World. Okay. And we've got uh, Drift Laboratories and VHR Performance, and all of those can be found on Instagram. And they all do have websites as well. And you guys can kind of find out what they specialize in through their name. Right. And then of course you got the FF Performance YouTube channel. Please go check that yes. out. You guys just released a. Uh, a video about a week ago. By the time of this release, probably two or three weeks ago. Two days, uh, uh, yesterday. Oh, you know, well, yes, that well, that one too, the newest one. Um, and you guys just keep killing it, man. Uh, uh, and so, thank you for having me. And then, of course, you can go ahead and find Tormenting Tormac. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, the Anchor app, Radio Public, and a few other places. And we're of course on Instagram. You can find us at Tormenting Tormac. Uh, you can find myself at the one and only Jman19. Charles is at Charles Cerrito. If you want to go ahead and follow him personally. Um, he always, dude, you always put up some like bomb ass food. Like, I- <laughs> fuck, man, we could rant for a whole other 300 hours on food. But yeah, if you guys check out my IG, I use, I use, uh, business talking points. Sure. Uh, paired with, uh, 
my culinary experiences around the world. There you go. <laughs> and if you want to go ahead and get work done on your car, come over to FFP. I appreciate and that. then um, if you want to go ahead and get some free driving lessons from Charles, like help him continue to go ahead and progress as a racing driver. And then if you want to get, if you want to continue and to be a better driver on track and shave off 30 seconds, God knows how you can do that. <laughs> like do it. And um, go ahead and check out Ron at hounds.and.horsepower on his Instagram page as well. And thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate you. I know it's uh, time to go ahead and wrap it up, so we'll go ahead and do so now. How was the whiskey? That's awesome, man. My water was awesome. Anytime, man. Guys, you've been listening to Tormenting Tarmac. It's the podcast where the enthusiast never dies. Have a great night, everyone.